You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. Me, Chris Ridgway, over there. Over, right over there. Right now, the, corner. the way to prepare for possibly, certainly, probably mentally, in terms of the minds of the fans, the biggest game of the season <laughs> is to drag yourself back from a series of bad results with an absolute corking away display at Torquay. Yeah, I mean, um, Chorley is going to be one of those games that we look to. I think biggest game is is a stretch, but it's definitely a game that that perks the interest. I've written some programme notes about it this week. About it is one that we were always going to keep an eye on, but uh, we'll look at those in a moment. Let's talk about that result away from home. First off, it was just incredible, uh, and it was exactly as you say what the doctor ordered. Well, you know, five points is all is always going to be a good performance, especially in this league, league especially away from home but it wasn't just about five goals it was an amazing performance it was and what what you've got to take into account is it's an amazing performance five goals away from home against a team who not so long ago um, came and did exactly the same to us away from home this is Torquay big strong Torquay beat Stockport County 4-0 at home on the day uh, at home to Stockport uh, actually should I say um, beat us 4-0 on the day uh, and County ahead of the game last Saturday they've just been turned over by Solihull so it's um, yeah I, I think everyone would have been a, a little sceptical on the on the journey down there but um, when you say five five goals five different goal scorers both your number nines getting in on the act your number ten getting in on the act um, yeah just incredible and shows uh Shows that County have got the resilience that we uh, that we were asking for. And what do you think it was down to? What the, this this performance just so every, this everything clicking? I mean, you, you can you know, it's such a long trip. You could be forgiven for thinking the players are going to be a bit tired going into that match. For me, and this is going to give away uh, who we um, who we refer to as the player of the week a little bit later on. For me, the the difference, the key difference on Saturday was Elliot Osborne turning up. Uh, and I don't mean that in a way that he hasn't turned up previously, but it was almost like he, he went to an, an extra level uh, on Saturday. You know, he was popping up on both flanks, he was dropping deep for the ball, he was using the ball effectively in the number 10 position, he was creating goals, he was making them foul him, he, was, he even chipped in with a goal. So, uh, the ultimately complete performance. Now, we've said it a few times, Martin, both on here and on commentary, the county don't really have this standout star player that we've had of, of recent seasons that, that a lot of clubs have up and down the divisions they always have that that one player that can turn it on if you need it um, this season they don't really have that and whereas that's to the positive to, to the benefit of the team for for creating that team ethic and team uh, you know spirit and boundary and whatever sometimes it, it can make it, it can make you feel a little isolated you know when, when you're losing games or you need a goal and there's no one you can look to and think well, with him on the pitch, we've always got a chance. With Matty Warburton on the pitch, with Danny Lloyd on the pitch, with Jason Oswell on the pitch, we've always got a chance. At the moment, we, we don't really have that one player that can just spark it. On Saturday, Elliot Osborne showed that he can be that guy. You know, he can he can make things happen. He was sliding through balls through, putting crosses in, um, testing the goalkeeper. And when you have a player who steps up and does that inspirational act... Everybody else raises the game a bit. You know, I, I play on a Sunday and I know that if certain players on our team turn it on and show that they're the best on the pitch, I know that everybody else raises the game a little bit because it, 
you want to be a part of it and um, it certainly had that effect on Saturday and um, I feel Elliot putting in such a tremendous performance meant the rest of the team raised the game and we were too much for Torquay. Well let's hear your interview with Jim now about how he saw that fantastic win and the upcoming game against Chorley. Jim, Thursday evening back at Edgley Park, we were just speaking off air. Uh, Torquay, it's a long way to come back but it must have been a fun coach ride. Um, I think we were tired. Um, yeah, it was, it was a nice feeling. It was a, a lovely feeling after the game. It was like a kind of a, a reward for all the professionalism we'd shown post Solihull because people were criticising myself and the staff and and the, and the players for the changes we made and the way we performed. And um, you know, I, I'd give credit to Solihull on the night, um, but we changed it up again, and I think we've seen the rewards of that in terms of some really fresh performances, a really energised side. And um, throughout the game, I thought we looked strong and threatening and uh, disappointed to be at nil-nil, but to, to go and score five goals in the second half was just was brilliant. And so a lot of players would have been coming away with that, really happy with the win, but also getting a goal. So um, massive boost for, for a lot of players' confidence and, um, and, and a, a massive boost of confidence for the team to say that we can compete. Um, we continued our away form. Uh, we've continued a strong run of form that's now moved us into eighth. So uh, we can look forward with positivity and optimism. So in that sense, it was a uh, there was no you know high fives at the end of the game. But on the way back, you know, me and the staff in, enjoyed uh, the atmosphere. But just started planning the week ahead because uh, it'd be nice to build on now with a nice home win and um, a couple of real. Tough games coming up before Christmas, but we set ourselves a target now of being in and around the position we are now uh, on the edge of the playoffs and try and win the FA Trophy game, go into the new year in, in both a really strong position in the league and the FA Trophy. And um, I think we'd be all really satisfied with that. Um, and look back at 2019 has been a fantastic year of, of productivity and uh, success for the club. There were so many, uh, so many positives uh, from the weekend. You don't, you don't need me to tell you the, the five goals and the, the away run uh, continuing, like you say. But what pleases you most? Uh, was it that there were five different goal scorers? Was it that this was the this was a team that has so comprehensively beaten County just a few weeks previously, beaten us four goals to nil, certainly on the scoreline reflective. The County have turned that round. What pleases you the most about that? Um, there was a lot of things that um, pleased me. I, I... I was probably really pleased with the energy across the midfield. Um, Sam Keno, Tom Walker, Elliot and Adam, really good energy. Uh, we looked like a, a team difficult to play through. But when we won the ball, we, we sort of seemed to explode on them. Um, that was characterised with, I mean, Belly was tremendous for the first goal. Um, but then there was other breaks that led to the chances, the set plays that we scored from. Um, we just looked... Uh, the opposition couldn't contain us because we were full of running. And um, I don't know if that's freshness or fitness or a combination of both, but I think Elliot and Tom were both disappointed in the part they played Tuesday night and taking them off. And um, But they're, they're players that if they're fit and fresh, that they can be a joy to watch. And um, it was that, that energy throughout the team that I was really pleased with because it was a sign of fitness, confidence and um, uh, physical qualities, uh, which is... It's something that we can, we'll always have, and we can build upon. 
Um, we're, we're at a part of the show where uh, I've already spoken with Martin for the for the other side of the podcast, and he was asking me who stood out at the weekend, who were the players that really kind of made it into the notes a few times, and it was Elliot Osborne for me. I found myself writing his day, his name down more than most, chipping in with a goal, chipping in with assists. He can drop deep, he can go out wide if he needs to. He seemed to be almost a complete player at the weekend. He, he had everything. Yeah, well, he's um, one of our fittest players. Um there's no doubt about his quality. I mean, he's what I would describe, I think, back in the day when we were developing our fluid 4-3-3 system. I, I talked to my players about a universal midfielders being able to rotate positions, being able to um, play the 4 and 8, as it's traditionally known, or the 11, 10 and 7. I think Elliot can play any of them. Um, he's bright enough and, and clever enough to be able to to play all those positions. He has a skill set. Um, sometimes um, it can be hard work as a 10 when you're chasing games and having to stop two midfielders and centre-halves along with the number nine. But um, if you can get yourself in good areas where you can combine with the nine and the wingers, then you're going to be a real handful. I think I was really pleased with his goal at Barnet in the sense of um, he was put out on the wing and he got himself in that position between full-backs and the fours who normally mark the ten. And this is something that we, we explored with, with Elliot Osborne. We've been talking to Connor about when um, you get trapped by a four and being able to play off your shape. Um, so at the moment he's, he's in a, a good vein of form um, but there's a lot of players in good form I mean Tom Walker since he come in has got three goals Frank's in a hot streak uh, Niall Bell's in good form Elliot's looking in really good form um, Sam and Keno in midfield um, you know we've got Adam Thomas back up um, to speed with a game on Tuesday night so he's looking strong um, really pleased with the everybody but Elliot will, will be satisfied with the the six goals he's got, I mean, that's a tremendous return at this stage of the season for a midfielder. Um, again, we were all a bit concerned at the end of last season about the players that we lost. You know, we had this every year. How are we going to replace Jason Oswald's goals? How are we going to replace Danny Lloyd's goals? How are we going to replace Matty Warburton's goals? And I think that we, we have to trust that when a hole opens up, that it's an opportunity for somebody else to grow into. And I think that uh, we were quietly confident that Elliot would, would step up and the athleticism that you need at this level on top of the quality um, is is basically really to the benefit of um, Elliot and um, I think he's enjoying his football at the moment. I'm sure you've heard the, the saying in the in the past couple of seasons about Jim Gallon teams coming good after Christmas or going through the gears after Christmas or whatnot. We're getting to that time of year. You've just mentioned a whole load of players on, on a hot streak of form. Is it happening this season? I mean, we've had a strong start to the season, but... They seem to be clicking even more into gear now. Is that happening again this season? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we we had a we had a couple of tough fixtures last year, and we had um, some serious injuries to Duxbury and Paul Turnbull, which disrupted us. Uh, tough away games to full time sides early in the season, and some tough games at home, and a few players just getting to know us. I think. By continuing this season with a, a well-established group, we didn't have a lot of teething problems. Um, we probably had a little bit of that as we sort of tried to bed Joel Easley and Adam Hamill and Tom Walker and Devante into the squad, but we're starting to see the benefits of, of them being around the group. Um, yeah, I, I mean, off here we were talking about, I think we last week, would have this time last year, we'd have played Barnet. And disappointed with that result, but then we went on 21 games unbeaten, which was a, an incredible run of form, a lot of wins. We, we we moved into December. I'm not sure. I think I might have got manager of the month for December, but um, we, it was when we really sort of moved from being 
a good side to a great side. Um, I think we've got to be respectful. This is a higher level and much more demanding. Um, but what was probably most pleasing about Saturday's game for me was that we only had one long player and the way that we played um, was was mainly our players. Um, and that's, you know, don't get me wrong, Jacko and uh, Devante came on and made a, a big impact in the game. Um, Joe and Adam played on the Tuesday night. So it's good to have that bit of depth. But um, but I was really pleased and it's really pleasing how much our players have grown and adapting to this level. And uh, all we want them to do is continue to grow. We'll continue to do everything right and training and prepare right. Um, and it's up to them just to, within that environment, just to get fit and stronger and consistent. And um, if they continue to do that, then they'll have good seasons and the team will. You mentioned Jacko there, of course, reference to, to Ben Jackson, who today has been recalled uh, by Huddersfield. Do you, do you have any words on, on, how, on how you found his spell at County? Yeah, I, I think um, he's a young lad, and it was a, a massive step up for him. Um, I think we, should, you know, we can all see his undoubted quality, physical qualities. He's, he's quick, he's two-footed, um, and I think he, you know, he's certainly well equipped for this level. Um, a little bit like some of our players, it was sometimes the the intensity of the games. You know, whether it be the individual game or a game after another game. Um, but I don't know he equipped himself really well. He kind of like the team. He had a, a difficult period where we couldn't. We lost our, a little bit of confidence, but he came strong in the last five or six weeks and played his part in those, especially those last-minute goals and winning set plays and assists. Um, it's, a, it's a shame to lose him, but we're all so mindful that uh, the kid's got a great career ahead of him and um, you know we're trusting that Huddersfield are bringing him back to be involved in the first-team squad. So if if that's the next level of development for him, then great. Um, but um, we again, we've... We're quietly confident the group that we have can continue the progress we've been making, but um, we hope he continues to make his progress as well at Huddersfield. And, um, you know, if he can't break into that team, I'm sure there'll be a lot of teams out there that'd like to take him into their side. And um, I'm sure that if he keeps working and keeps growing the way that he has in this last six months, he'll have a great career in the game. So, surely next, no Ben Jackson in the squad for the reasons just discussed. How are the rest of your squad looking going into the weekend? Um, all looking good. Um, obviously, we... We took 17 players down to, to Torquay and that included Paul Turnbull who's recovered from his knock. Um, so Paul will come into the squad. Um, I think with Sam Walker we've got a touch and go scenario. We've seen the game out but it was a it was a terrible challenge on him. Um, you know, as far as my, my, my opinion, it was a stud showing and a, and a deliberate attempt to, to hurt him and damage him um, and ultimately he's, he's paying the price for that because he's he struggled to train this week. Um, so he's, he's a, a doubt. Um, but we'll give him every opportunity. You know, the the game ready that was um, financed by Help the Hatters has certainly made a huge difference in in giving him a chance of playing on Saturday. Um, and obviously, we've got Dan Count to come into the squad. Uh, there would have been an argument for Dan to be included in the bench on Saturday with such a an attack minded uh, array of players. Um, so I think we're, we're you know we're confident the the eleven that will start and the, the bench will be well equipped um, and probably as strong a sixteen as we'll have. Is it important against a team like Chorley who have caused County some problems, should we say, uh, in, in in recent seasons? Uh, we've not lost every game, but they've they've proved they've proved to be tough opposition. That we don't get carried away by a big win away, and Chorley will be a very different game to Torquay. Do we have to keep our feet on the ground, head in the game, and approach it professionally? Of course, and we always will. Um, I think John asked me on air after. I think the Solly Hall game about learning from the previous games. Um, you know, 
I talked about the flammatory experiences at Motherwell, but I think um, to lose 4-0 at home to a team and then the next time we played them go and win 5-1 shows that we learnt something. Uh, but both teams were, were different. Um, uh, Chorley was a slightly different team now. We're a different team. Uh, I think we've always struggled on their patch. Um, they're very, very competitive at home. Um, very solid. They don't give you an inch. Uh, if, you, if you create space, you'll have to earn it. Um, if you create an opportunity, you'll have to earn it. And I think that um, we weren't brave enough in a lot of aspects at their place in terms of expanding the game and switching plays, being brave in our shape, um, being brave physically, brave, brave technically and tactically. Um, but I think, you know, we got, we got to temper those memorable defeats as such, uh, you know, the, the Easter game last year and, and the league uh, league result this year with the fact that last year we played them twice here at Edgley Park and beat them 3-0 and uh, when we played our game um, and the team opened up and made it expansive and created space and was allowed to attack us good ball to feet and let them run at their back free uh, then we looked a really good side that could could um, unlock them and score goals um, and that's what we have to do at home on Saturday is just be a lot braver uh, impose our shape upon them and then let's see if we can bring the qualities that we've seen on Saturday to the fore within this game. There's a few familiar faces uh, in the Chorley ranks, most notably at the back, Courtney Mapp and Walters, uh, Mark Ross, Lewis Bain. D- d- does that help you in any way when you're planning for the team uh, that are going to be facing County at the weekend to to maybe know a little bit of what goes through their mind or how their mindset works, if you like, because you've had relationships with them in the past? No, they're all good players, very good professionals, and I'm, I'm delighted that they're playing at this level um, because they all deserve to play higher than North level. They've, they've had good experiences at North level, and um, you know, in particular with Rossi, he's had a great experience with Chorley through many years. Uh, so it's good to see him back there. Um, Courtney's made the position at the heart of their defence, a position of not just his physical strength and his defending skills, but his technical ability from short and long passes is excellent and he's, he's chipped in with a few goals so he's definitely um, flourishing at the moment at Chorley but I, I think we're all familiar with Jamie, Preecy, um, their staff m- many of their players um, I think a little bit like ourselves they had a um, if you like a poor run of form where he couldn't win games and I think what they've done is trusted in their core group of the team that got them promoted but they've added one or two loans um, they brought in Smith from Salford at the base of the defense, uh, midfield Defence and um, they've also brought in Vernon from Grimsby that gives him, like Harvard, he works hard down the channels and he's also a goal threat. So they've added one or two free players that uh, since the last game that have added to them and uh, hence to form them in. I mean, they've got 10 points from the last four games um, and these include results uh, a draw against Barrow and really healthy results. So uh, they'll be coming here full of confidence, wanting to try and um, turn us over and uh, build upon the success that they've been having. Um, and they're in touching distance now, getting out of that bottom four, which would be a massive uh, statement of their, their progress. So I'm pleased for them. Um, I didn't want any team coming up from the north to be just struggling and out of the depth for this level. So it's nice that they found their feet and found the right way of um, adaptive, adapted to the level and they're starting to win games. And I think they're going to um, be a very, very competitive side for the rest of the season. Um, so uh, we're in for a tough game Saturday and uh, hopefully we can show that like last season, we're just a touch better than them. Just, just finally, Jim, uh, if County win at the weekend and results go the way, they could find themselves in the playoffs uh, come five o'clock on Saturday. Do you do you allow that 
to play on your mind at all? Or do you just focus on the game, just focus on the three points, just focus on what's going on on the pitch and not worry about that while the game's on? If anybody wants to have a look at the permutations of what happens, I mean, you only have to look at if Eastley win their two games in hand, they go above into the playoffs and Hartlepool and Fylde and all these teams that have been involved in the FA Cup. So if you look behind, there's plenty of teams there that know that if they win their games in hand, um, I think it's very, very tight. I think the fact that we've played one game, perhaps more than the teams that are in mid-table, uh, makes it look a lot healthier than perhaps it is. Um, points ratio wise but we've got the points in the bank uh, and we're sat in eighth and we just need to keep focusing and I think several of the players were commenting after the last couple of games that we shouldn't be looking backwards we should be looking forwards um, we've played everybody now except Halifax so we know what the league's about uh, we've seen the, the successful sides are up there and the consistency and the quality they have and we have to try and be a match for that but I think it's um, you know we're still learning about the level but I think uh, we don't look at it and think, lads, if we win this, we win the playoffs because, you know, it's all about just getting the maximum amount of games, um, it, it, doing our um, doing our business. And none of us thought that if we won against Torquay that we'd be sat in eighth. What, what we discussed is, is is showing that Tuesday's experience was great. Um, the, the, the changes we made uh, will help the team have loads of energy. The quality we have across the start and front three is going to be too much for them. And then the players that can come on and can score goals as well. And that proved to be the case. So all we can focus on is, is how we're going to beat Chorley um, and try to, to maximise what we take out of the game. And then hopefully we get the full reward and then, then we can look at the league table and ask where we are. But I'll always be mindful we're sat in the playoffs that there'll be one or two free maybe four teams that if they win the games in hand, we'll be sliding out of it. So uh, it's just about just taking one game at a time. Just keep keep churning over as many points as you can. Get to that position where you're in this position going into the last 10 games and then knowing that if you put a string of results together, then, then we'll have a... I mean, it's incredible where we are in the league at the moment when you consider... Um, our resources and our structure, and but but it's no surprise when you consider the quality of our players and the professionals of our players, and I just hope that they can sustain that and keep going forward. And um, it starts on Saturday. Big game as ever on Saturday, Jim. All the very best. Thanks so much. You've done your player for the week, so what I'm going to ask you, looking back at Torquay, was instead what was your pick of the goals? <laughs> um, the pick of the goals. Uh, it's actually one that uh, Elliot Osborne didn't have a great deal to do with. Devante Rodney finally gets himself off the mark with an absolute worldie. I mean, if if this is if this is Lionel Messi or Mo Salah or whoever who scores this kind of goal, we're talking about it long into match of the day. It goes into goal of the month contender and everything else. He's 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 nipped inside, beating a man and. Almost with his back to goal, he's pivoted on the ball of his foot and just hooked his foot around the ball, looped it in, and it's gone so far into the top corner. You know, I was almost worried the ball was going to roll back out the net, square shaped. It was that that close to the corner. Um, goalkeeper's got absolutely no chance. Now you look at you look at all the goals really, and there was um, seizing on. Um, mistakes at the back from Torquay. Well, that's exactly what you want. There was uh, 
clever play from from Frank Mulhern to get his goal. There was Tom Walker chipping in. So um, you could really state that all the goals were were really well worked, really clever, really whatever. But um, when you're looking for a bit of spark, a bit of magic, you know, we've just been talking about how much Elliot Osborne gives to the gives you know give to the team, give to the squad. But when you've got a player like Devante, and hopefully now that's his floodgates are open kind of moment. Um, you know, this is a, it could potentially be a defining moment for him. So I have to give the, the pick of the goals to Devante. We've discussed how he's definitely capable of stuff like that, and how he's only seen it. We've only seen it in flashes so far, but we knew it was coming. Well, you, you look at his record at Halifax last season. You know, so he's he's gone to Halifax seven goals in twelve games, is an achievement at any level of football. And again, you know, I, I mentioned that if Messi or Salah, Messi, by the way, deserved a winner for me of the Ballon d'Or this week. But a uh, different conversation. If completely um, different conversation. Yeah. If uh, if if one of those scores seven goals in twelve games, then we're talking about the best in the world conversation. We're talking, you know, we're, we're putting him up into, you know, he, he's the best in the Premier League or the best in whatever. Now, seven goals in twelve games. All right, it was only twelve games, and who knows what he would have done if he'd stayed at Halifax and whatever, whatever. If we can find that form within Devante, then I genuinely think we could have one of the best strikers in the league there. And he's shown it with a finish that is is of a level way above the National League or the Conference, if you want to go a bit old school. It's it's a, it's a finish that that was tremendous. And if, if he can open, if he can, like I say, unlock that potential, if, if Jim Gannon can unlock that potential, if the players around him, because it's not a one-man job, you do need to bounce off your teammates, if the players around him can raise their game to his level, then, um, yeah, I'm really happy and I'm excited to see what he can do next. So December's a nightmare month for any club in the UK. Yeah. Some clubs have got 10 games to play. Some have got somewhere around that to play, but it's uh, it's starting with a big one with Chorley on Saturday. It's, it's ironic, and I say this with no disrespect intended to Chorley, uh, other than the, the striker who I, I shall not name, who went and celebrated in front of the fans on the day <laughs> they thought they'd they'd pipped us to promotion. Um, you know they enjoyed the moment, and and Chorley are uh, you know Chorley are what they are, but it's ironic that. And I say this again, no disrespect to them, that one of the smallest clubs in the division turns out to be one of the biggest clubs, games to look forward to, if, if you like. Um, ten years ago, I didn't even, I was, I had no recollection, I had no knowledge of Chorley on the football scene. You know, they were known for a fairly funny gimmick in a Peter K gag. That that was about my, the extent of my knowledge on them. Um, they've proven themselves in recent years to be quite a stubborn, strong, well-organised football team. And the reason that County have got such a vested interest in them is is that ridiculous tug-of-war last season that Chorley, Chorley led all the way um, and then were pipped at the last. Now, I was quite happy for them coming up. I think they deserved, they'd done enough through the course of the season. Every year they were in the playoffs, so that you knew that they were kind of ready to come up. Um, and at now... Um, they look to be turning it on a little bit. They, they, you know, when we played them earlier in the season, they were right down at the bottom. County were flying high, and you thought, "Here we go, let's let's absolutely smash them to pieces." It doesn't work. You know, Chorley come away and get the win, uh, and all of a sudden you're saying it's the Chorley hoodoo again. It's the Chorley thing where they they've got one over us. Um, 
and that's why I don't think you can write them off this weekend. You look at their form; they're on a, a little bit of a crest at the moment. They're they're on they're riding a wave that you think, okay, they're going to look at County, and maybe they're going to fancy themselves. They've got themselves off the foot of the table. They've not been beaten in the last four games, you know, and that and there's some good points in there. You know, there's there's a draw against Barrow, who are right up at the top of the table, but then the rest are wins. One against Chor, uh, uh, Dagenham and Redbridge, one against Torquay, who County have obviously just beat last weekend, and another against Chesterfield. There, there's some really good points. Uh, you know, there, there's some really respectable points in there. So, um, you know, all all the all the, I nearly said a word I shouldn't say on air. Then all the. Uh, antagonising tactics aside um, this is actually quite a good game for the purists because Ca- County are building stronger County you know starting to click into gear and Devante is looking good and uh, you know Niall Bell's looking at it like, like he might be finding a little bit of form again Elliot Osborne's turning on but so are Chorley and I hate Chorley for the fact that we, we do struggle against them their style is frustrating to us they're a big strong team they don't like to play an awful lot of football we tend to revert to route one fairly often against them and Courtney Mepper Walper Andy T Scott Leather will just mop that up all day long now we've got Devante and Tom Walker we've got a bit more pace out there who knows it might be a different outcome I certainly hope it will be I think they will be the key men to watch at the weekend the pace on the wing if you like but um yeah, it, it was always going to be a game to watch given that the two teams came up together and um, it's one that I'm looking forward to hopefully getting us on a good Christmas run over the busy period. So, Elliot Osborne or Devante Rodney for the rare double of Player of the Week and one to watch? Or... A another. A another. No, I th- I, Devante is going to be the one to watch for me because Elliot, as terrific and as frightening as he looks at the weekend, we've always known he's had that in him. Now, we've always known Devante's had it in him, but we've seen it in Elliot first time before. Now, last season, Elliot had to compete with Matty for the number 10 shirt a bit. You know, and there, was the, there was both of them. They wanted long runs. They didn't really get it. Elliot was, was moved out wide. Then Matty was moved out wide. And they both kind of got in each other's way a little bit. Matt, Matty's moved on. Matty's doing his own thing now. Elliot, he's got the number 10 shirt. And it's even more crucial this season that he's got the number 10 shirt because it's squad numbers. So he's got the number 10. Conor DeMeo actually played the number 10 role in the first game of the season. He's now gone out on loan. So the shirt is there for Elliot Osborne. It's his position now. Um, so we know what he can do. We can revel in it. Devante is the one to watch because he's just he's just broken that lock. He's just snapped his handcuffs off. Call it whatever you like. He's, he's broken free from that not scored a goal yet, not done anything of note yet. What he's done is bagged a terrific goal against a very good Torquay side that beat us 4-0 just a few weeks previous um, Devante's gone and produced a bit of magic there now we mentioned the big strong unit centre-halves that Chorley have got um, you look at how do you get past that over the top doesn't work through the middle doesn't work so probably going to have to be around the sides so Devante again I expect him to start I expect him to start out wide and I expect to see a lot of balls along the deck going to him that he can turn the burners on and really run at the likes of Andy Teague and Courtney Mapp and Walter because in, in a flat foot race it'll leave them in his shadow Great stuff now I have to say that you've not just let yourself down You've let me down. I know. You've let Stockport County down. You've let the borough of Stockport down. Yeah. You've let Cheshire down. 
Yeah. You've let the whole of football down, I've really. Let Christmas, let Christmas, let down. Christmas down, and that's the biggest crime of all. You've not bought any mince pies, have you? No, I've not bought any mince pies, and uh, I was kicking myself actually on the way over here today um, that I uh, I had a specific mince pie in mind that I was going to bring. And do you know what? There's a Greg's around the corner as well, oh. and we haven't got done well, Greg's, but we'll do two next week. We'll do two next week, but as a treat, you've got a special interview for us. Yes, uh, Robin Richards, good friend of the show, good friend of Stockport County, terrific band member of uh, Stockport band uh, Dutch Uncles. You might argue uh, the most talented band in Stockport at the moment. You might argue, um, you know, they're, they're up there. There's some That's healthy, fair. there's healthy competition. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that there's they're certainly healthy competition. Great set of lads. Um, you know, they, they've been doing wonderful stuff over the years. Robin has had a, a couple of little projects on the go outside of the band. We've seen him uh, a couple of times go and put scores over. Uh, films and he, he put a film together. He had his piece with Chernobyl where he, he put the score over that as well and, and had a hand in making the film. He's a very creative guy, very, um, very, very whatever. But for all of that, he's a big county fan and, and that's what's most important. So when he told me that he was um, working on some new solo music, I thought, what an opportunity to get him on the show. Well, Robin, thank you very much for joining us. We've got quite a lot to go through uh, this evening, but I want to start with your solo project. We've just been speaking about your new EP. Yes, um, yeah, it's coming out tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this, the 6th of December. Um, yeah, it's my debut solo EP, um, and it's a bit of a departure from my work with the band, um, and I suppose some of the other solo stuff I've done before. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to get it out and yeah, go from there. Through through your presence and co-commentaries we've heard over the years and gigs uh, around the town, the Dutch Uncles, and especially yourself, quite synonymous with Stockport County. So a lot of people will know you as the bass player from the Dutch Uncles. How does how does this stuff differ? Um, there's not much bass on it. I suppose that's a start. Um, yeah, it's more the sort of uh, avant-garde, contemporary classical work I'm be doing. Um, but then there's mixes of like found sound and electronica and techno. It's all kind of different influences that make up this solo stuff. Um, but yeah, the main thing is that it's it's more, uh, like I say, contemporary classical. It's more orchestrated than the stuff I do with the band. What what propelled this desire to go on and do this? Because I've I've come to see a few of your. I don't know what you call them, side projects or other projects, maybe putting scores over films and the like, and I've always been really impressed, but I always kind of wondered what, what propelled this, what, what made you want to do it? Um, well, I mean, I studied composition at uni whilst I was uh, working with the band quite heavily, um, and then I got the opportunity to, to do this um, live film and, uh, sorry, film with live score event at home a few years ago. And just off the back of that, it's just got me really interested in writing for film and writing more instrumental works. And, you know, I can do it alongside the stuff I do with the band. Um, and the influences can feed into each other. But it's, uh, yeah, I find it a really rewarding process working on the more kind of arty pieces. Yeah. So there's no rifts in-house? Everyone's behind you and everyone's on board with this? Yeah, it's all good, yeah. Uh, there was a bit of an issue today because there was an article that came out that said that I was the front man. So uh, that's not gone down particularly well with Duncan, but um, other than that, yeah, it's all good. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to come back to the band stuff. I want to talk about Stockport County. We're here on Edgerly, just just off Edgerly. Uh, we were just saying it's been a bit of an up-and-down season, but County cruising uh, at the weekend. Just tell us what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's it's been a bonkers season, hasn't it? Really, like I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but um, 
you know, after what was a really good August, the five defeats, I was slightly fearing the worst. And having, I went to the uh, Boreham Wood game, which was one of the worst, yeah, worst games I've seen for years. Um, but then, you know, the game after that I went to was probably the Hartlepool game which was incredible yeah back, you know back to business and so I can't tell like, you know we're both in that WhatsApp group and I don't think I've got a result right for about four months so um, yeah I just can't predict it it would be classic county to go from you know 5-0 up sorry 5-1 away win to losing to Chorley on Saturday but um, you don't know and I think there's, you can see there are elements that are start, it's starting to click now we're getting a more settled side. Um, I mean, it's a shame that Ben Jackson's gone just as he was coming back into form, but it feels like the team is is clicking. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the year ahead because, as we know, Jim Gannon teams get better in the second half of the season. It's it's Chorley at the weekend, and I. <sighs> If I told myself 10 years ago that Chorley at the weekend is a big game and an exciting game and a rivalry game, I wouldn't have believed myself. But but it is a bit of a big one at the weekend. Do you think last season's emotions play into the weekend at all? Yeah, a bit. I kind of feel... Um, I don't know. I, I understand why people have this sort of friendly rivalry with Chorley. I'm, you know, I'm not too bothered if we... You know, we play them on Saturday and then we never play them again. You know, that's that's fine by me. But um, yeah, having you know, going to the going to Chorley away in September and that again the heavy defeat and that was like their only win of the season until like last month. Um, yeah, there's some payback in order in terms. You know, we and our, actually our record against them over the last five years has been pretty poor. I think we've only had two league wins in all that time. So sure, yeah, I've, I'm not coming out. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't hold any grudges. I, don't, I really don't care about Charlie. Um, yeah, so we do a win, for sure. Uh, and away from football, away from music, you've been a busy man lately, uh, if you don't mind going into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my daughter uh, Beatrix was born three weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, it's great. It's, it's completely different to any other project I've worked on before but it's um, yeah she's sleeping really well and she's an absolute joy and um, yeah my wife Kath's doing really well as well so it's great so new musical piece yep. new arrival in the family and you're a Stockport County fan it's, it's quite a hectic life at the moment it is yeah um, but I know, I'm enjoying it you know as long as as long as County win at the weekend it's still you know it's still that thing that if County lose it does cast a shadow over you for the rest of the week yeah. always that feeling like why, why do I feel like shit well, I shouldn't swear in here um, <laughs> it's not church <laughs> no it's the old Vic you're not allowed to swear in the old Vic um, um, and yeah then you realise that it's County that's making you feel like this and yeah I try and not to let it get me too down but it does have that effect but uh, yeah life is, life is pretty good and um, we're hoping to take Beatrix to the first game for the for Halifax Boxing Day match so if it's not too cold that'll be a first game just quickly Martin always asks me in the show uh, who's the one to watch who's the player to watch this weekend with it being Chorley with the fact that like you say we owe them one a little bit who should be that danger man this week um, I think uh, Tom Walker I think he's uh, he's got the ability to, to change the game and in a similar way to Matty Warburton last year and if you think back to that game against Chorley which was almost like the season defining game um, pretty much a year ago Matty Warburton stole the show he came on half time and he scored a hat trick um, 
And I feel it might be an individual performance that kind of seals the deal on Saturday. Might might be a slimmer win, might just be one nil or two one or something. But I feel like a player like Tom Walker has the has the ability to change it up. So just finally, let, let, let's get back to the music. It comes out tomorrow or today or yesterday, depending on uh, when you're listening it. Uh, when you're listening to this, where can we find it? Where can we see you perform it? If that's happening, what, what's, what's the future hold? Yes, yeah, so um, you can purchase it online. You can stream it obviously on Spotify and download it, um, and you can buy it on vinyl and CD from places like Piccadilly Records and other places. A lot of appreciation for vinyl there. Oh yeah, has to be done. Yeah, yeah. I always think back to um, to Spinal Tap when they get that record and they smell the glove has arrived. And I think we've said that every time we've released an album, we finally get that physical copy of it. It is, it is amazing to get. Um, so yeah, and then uh, on February the twentieth next year, playing a show at Band on the Wall in Manchester. Um, and yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. You know, obviously, I've, I've done these live scoring events before and other events where, I mean, the focus has been more on the film than the performance of the musicians. So this is going to be really interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting a band together for it, not members of Dutch Uncles, but um, yeah. So it's going to be quite a different sort of evening. But yeah, come on down next Feb. Man of many, uh, man of many talents. Clearly, more than I have. Uh, can't wait to hear it, Robin. Thanks very much. Cheers, Chris. Great stuff. Great to hear from Robin. We should have him on more more often. We should. Um, Robin, open invitation. And to round off the show, a quick bit of county quiz. Yeah, quick bit of county quiz. I'm still getting harounded, uh, hounded for uh, for these answers, and they are going to come at the end of the year special when we do a, a, a 2019 wrap-up. The answers are all coming, so make sure, as Kenny Boxall would say, you get your pens and pencils ready because here are your county questions for today. Who, question? this is question number one, by the way, who is county's current longest-serving player? Now, who is county's current longest-serving player? Second question, who, who has the record fee when being sold by Stockport County. A record fee received by Stockport record County. Record received, yeah. You should write these questions better than me. <laughs> um, and the second one is a bit of a two-parter. Who was he sold to and for how much? So pens and pencils ready there. Your questions, the longest-serving player, uh, the record fee received, who to and how much. Make sure you get in touch with those answers wherever you find fit. Um, do you know, Martin, before we sign off, it's the big fight at the weekend. Who are you backing? Anthony Joshua? Uh, I'm going for um, Henry Cooper. Henry Cooper? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he, or Brian London. Brian London, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's looking sharp these uh, days. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's my level of boxing knowledge there. Yeah, no, well. But Joshua against Ruiz, is it? It is Joshua yeah, against so Ruiz. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going for Ruiz. I'm going for Ruiz. Yeah, I don't know why. Just. I'm too scared to predict. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but of course, you can listen to Mr. Cridge, Chris Ridgeway. Cringe Ridgeway. Cridge Ridgeway. I like it. And Mr. Gron Greeran, Mr. John Kieran, <laughs> on Imagine 104.9 FM. Very good. This Saturday for stop, live commentary of Stockport County against Chorley. You're good. And as an extra treat to the end of the show, we've. Uh, got a song from Robin Richards' brand new EP, which is called Castell. Uh, I just noticed on Twitter that um, he's also done a collaboration with the excellent Welsh donut shop, which you can find in Manchester, which is called Shop, S-I-O-P. Um, so what a fantastic collaboration. Um, donuts and great music. Enjoy. Enjoy.